listening to another episode of the Niagara Moon podcast. As always, I am Thomas Irwin. I have a very interesting guest for this week's episode. Got in touch with a man named Eric Davis out in Southern California, a mutual friend of ours, Mark Grundhofer, from last week's podcast. Uh, He put us in touch, and uh, Eric had a very interesting project in particular uh, for the whole year of 2019, he literally made a song a day for 365 days. Every single day, he wrote, as in he started and finished a complete song, like with vocals and you know chords and melody and the whole thing. Not only that, he would post it on Instagram to share it by the end of that day. And he did this every day, again, for 365 days. So that is pretty intense, pretty darn impressive. Um, Obviously very creatively uh, fruitful. Um, He put together the best of the best from that series of 365 songs for his debut album, 365, which is uh, it's now on Bandcamp and Spotify and everywhere else that it's uh, convenient to access music. So I definitely wanted to talk with Eric about this and uh, just about kind of his creative process in general. I, I really like the uh, kind of the almost withdrawn sort of uh, forlorn nature of some of his songs. Um, kind of reminded me of the work of uh, Nick Drake or Elliot Smith. It just He has a real ear for for a good song and um it's recorded beautifully as well i believe he uh at the end of the project recorded it all uh, in his home studio anyway he's going to tell you the story uh, a lot more interestingly than i will um so let's get into that this is eric davis no matter what you feel you say there's nothing that this world How's it going? Nice to meet you, man. I'm Thomas. Yeah, nice to meet you. Wow, it looks nice and sunny over there. Yeah, it's super sunny. I was just skateboarding. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I'm in the middle. Well, I guess it's almost February, but, uh, you know, middle of winter up here in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, wow. I thought I read somewhere that you were in Seattle. I was in Seattle, um, I guess, a couple of years ago now. I, I lived there mm. for like a year and a half, so maybe there's some bio I wrote somewhere that's out of date at this point. Cool. Yeah, Seattle would be even darker than here. Because <laughs> there's some pretty totally. rough winters, yeah. Yeah, man. But I like Massachusetts. Um, so you're out in uh, in L.A.? You're in Southern California? Yeah, Southern California. I live in uh, Pasadena, technically. Okay. But it's still considered Los Angeles proper. Los Angeles is just like a thousand square mile radius of anywhere below San Francisco. Like I have no idea where exactly. Los Angeles stops exactly. or starts. Yeah, it's yeah, just all none of us do either. Yeah, <laughs> I imagine you can hear barking dogs in the background. Yeah, they so, sound excited. <laughs> so my girlfriend just came home, so they'll die down in nice. a second, I think. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, we're uh, we're dog sitting for my. For my folks for a little bit so i've been putting up with uh oh, yeah. these ridiculous pooches 
Um, <laughs> anyway. That's funny, man. So you definitely caught my attention when, you know, I heard that you did a song a day for a whole year, 365 days of music. Totally. And uh, I've talked to one person before, way in the past, who did a song a day for, I think, like 120 days or like 180 or something. So, you know. Cool. Barely not even half a year. You did it for a whole year and like. Totally, yeah. How did that go down? <laughs> like first, so I guess first of all, like, <laughs> what made you decide to do that and to actually take that seriously? Like, and were you the first person to do that, or kind of take me to to the origin of that? I guess. Totally, totally. Um, I didn't get a chance to listen to <clears throat> any of your previous episodes, so I'm, I'm not sure of the vibe. So what I'll do is I'll I'll answer things as concisely as possible. Uh, and if you the wanna... vibe is whatever you uh, make it out to be. I kind of just let uh, the guest, you know, tell their story. I, I get, also I'll just mention now okay, I, I yeah. edit these things afterward, so tangents or whatever. Sure. Like, you know, don't worry about it. Okay, cool, perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, so the story goes is that I think it was December 17th. I was driving down the road in Ventura, and I was just, you know, as you do sometimes, I was having one of those very honest conversations with myself, and it was like at the end of the year, and I was thinking about the new year, and I was I was feeling very overwhelmed with all of the skills required to be a successful musician, you know, like... Now, you mean beyond only, just the music-making skills exactly yeah exactly like not just actually playing my instrument or writing the songs or even recording them but you know the social skills necessary and booking gigs and and uh you know being friends with other incredible musicians and just all of you know and then social media and marketing and like show business i was exactly exactly so while i was kind of stressing out over all of that I felt like this voice inside my head asked me, like, Eric, if you could be great at just one of those skills at the expense of everything else, like, what would it be? Mm. And the answer came so clearly um, and quickly, like, it was, like, songwriting. So then right when I thought about songwriting, that voice's response was, like, okay, if you want to be great at it, you need to do it every day, like, as a practice. And, um, and then that's where the idea for like song a day for a year came from because, um, like I had friends that had done it for a month, mm. um, and that seemed like a little too attainable. I wanted to <laughs> like have, I wanted to have a challenge that I, 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 that I really wasn't certain if I was going to be able to do it or not. Right. Yeah. Um, Just dive in at first. Exactly. Yeah. So then um, I called a friend and talked to my friend Johanna about it on the phone for a minute. And she was like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. So um, I woke up the next day and that was that was the first day of the challenge. So that was would have been December 18th, 2018. Yeah, I think it was actually the 19th. So I must have had that like driving down the road experience on the 18th. Because my, my 365 day was December 18th of 2019. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So this is something yeah. that started, you know, a little over a year ago. And then and you concluded it just like a month ago or whatever. 
So you're exactly. still pretty fresh off of this whole thing. So totally. this is not something like a challenge you came across. This is not like uh, 30 for 30 or whatever the songwriting or there's like a poetry mm. challenge. This is like, mm. this This was your invention basically. And yeah, uh, I, wow. <laughs> I had never, um, I'd never heard of anyone doing anything quite like that. I was, I was getting really into ultra marathon running at the time. And I was training for a 50-mile endurance race that was going to be in April. So I was ah. really obsessed with this idea of, like, endurance and pushing through boundaries. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. And then I was also um, really inspired by Alex Honnold, the guy who free-soloed um, mm. El Cap in Yosemite. And so I was thinking to myself, like, what's... Like, what's the creative equivalent to all of those, like, Right, like, what would your things? version be? Exactly, yeah. Wow. And um, just to kind of take it back a bit, so you had not mm -hmm. um, released a full-length album before this? Is that correct? True, true. I had a indie rock trio that I fronted called First Fire, and we put out a four-track EP, um, I guess about a year and a half ago or two years ago at this point. But yeah, I had never put out a full-length record before this. And never kind of something under your own name with uh, your own kind of singer-songwriter persona as well. Exactly. Wow, that's one way to start. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow, and so what, uh, you know, I, I listen to some of the songs and I, I hear guitar I hear a lot of piano. Um, I hear a lot of like Radiohead-esque kind of, uh, you know, production, sound tinkering. Um, do you kind of do it all? Or are you you're a one-man operation with that with all that stuff? Yeah. So the the story behind the three six five record is that I wasn't certain how I was going to like finish the year long project, and I wanted to do something that kind of celebrated it. Yeah. So I decided to take two weeks off of work in December, like around the finish time and mm -hmm. just like record some of my favorites mm. and some of my favorites turned into 11 favorites. Um, but I guess it's, it's technically 10 because one of the tracks on the record sick days, that's literally just the audio from the Instagram file because, um, I like, being sick and having a stuffy nose is like integral to like mm. the comedy of that song. But, um, so I, I tracked and mixed the three, six, five record in about 10 days in my living room. Um, so like that time constraint, um, had a lot to do with the production and the mm. sound of the record. Yeah, you kept that process really kind of condensed and short and sweet. Um, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. the the song a day that was writing the song, but and then uh, each uh, song you wrote, you filmed yourself uh, performing for Instagram. You you had a video of it on that platform. Wow. Totally. Wow. So you you had to have it presentable and and performable on that day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, there were some days where I could bang it out in like 25 minutes. Yeah. Um, there were some days where most of the time it took about an hour because, you know, it'd take me like 30 minutes, 45 minutes to um, to write 
the song, which my bare minimum requirement was at least one verse and one chorus every day. Mm, yeah. Um, but then sometimes I would like I would come up with these guitar parts that were kind of difficult. So then, <laughs> so then I'd have to practice it. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd have just to perform doubles it. the time length. Yeah. Time requirement of everything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I I mean even. If you're just doing a basic song with basic stru- structure, you still have to think of the words and like 30 exactly. minutes is not 30 minutes flies by. Difficult it guitar really parts or not, yeah. Yeah, man. Holy moly! Yeah, it was wild. And so you were sharing all these day by day um, on your Instagram, and yeah. uh, where people after a while, some people are kind of catching on to what you're doing and responding, and I imagine, you know, if you start building an audience for that, that helps. Uh, with accountability. Yeah, the accountability piece was huge. The actual like engagement piece and like having an audience was um, not I, I didn't have much an, of an audience at all. When I when I first started, I think I had um, close to 700 followers. And in the first month, people were like excited about the project because yeah. it was new. And I maybe got like 20 or 30 new followers. But from day 40 to day 300, um, I really didn't. Yeah, it was wild. I really didn't like my followers and my engagement didn't fluctuate very much at all. And um, most of those videos have about 15 views and like two or three likes. Um, And I think a lot of that had to do with the like the the style of most of the songs that i wrote are like very sad singer songwriter kind of songs they don't pop out at you and totally you know lift you up sort of i i hear a strong kind of elliot smith influence oh absolutely okay yeah 100% yeah yeah so like um i think if i was following my account like while i was while someone else was doing that, you know, I I wouldn't have listened to all the songs either, especially if they're all going to sound, like, fairly similar. And um, for me, like, it was always a personal challenge to be great at songwriting. So I knew what I was doing, and, and, and what that was is that I was practicing the task of going deep inside of myself mm. and trying to pull something out that was honest rather than something that was, you know, like a song that was going to, top the charts or like be something that someone wanted to hear um so uh right i mean it's totally like an exercise you're it's like uh i mean back to the marathon analogy this is just all building up your your skills and your uh endurance and Mm -hmm. just getting that experience which you know it's going to be invaluable down the road Mm. You, how far in are you like, oh my God, am I actually going to be able to do this? Like how, how many mm-hmm. weeks does it take to really, you know, you get to the next level of the, uh, mm-hmm. the challenge? How, how soon in is that? Um, it's interesting because taking a step back at it now and looking back and I've, I've gone through all the videos a handful of times while I was like ch- choosing what songs I wanted to be on the record and, and also just trying to learn as much as I can from the process and going back and looking at the videos. Um, and I, I notice a really strange pattern and it's that strength and weakness for me kind of comes in these like 30 to 40 day intervals Mm. where, um, and what I mean by strength and weakness is, 
how inspired I felt to write the song that day or how willing I was mm-hmm. or how quickly it came. How open but, you are. Totally. But my openness and my inspiration has no correlation with the quality of the song. That's very so like, interesting to find yeah, out. So, yeah, so some of my favorite songs I wrote when I was like utterly <laughs> depressed and like writing a song was the absolute last thing I wanted like, to do uh, that day. This again, yeah. Yeah, but I also wrote really great songs when I was feeling great and totally happy and stoked on writing. Um, so no correlation. Basically, yeah, no correlation that I can see other than um, one really strong correlation is that um, about 45 percent of the record was written after day 300. So like almost almost half of the songs in the record are from the final quarter. Mm. Uh, so I think I think that something, something clicked by that by that exactly. point. Exactly. But um, to, to really plainly answer your question of when do I get to that next level, um, the closest that I ever came to quitting was on day 70, or it was around day 70. I don't remember if it was that one specifically. But um, I had this experience where I really, really hated the song that I wrote that day. Mm. And instead of, and I posted it on Instagram TV, but I didn't, I didn't post the preview to my main feed and it was like the first little you're trying like, to hide oh, it a maybe bit. exactly exactly so then the next morning I had coffee with a friend and he was like no dude like even if you hate it you got to post everything cuz like once you're done you're going to want to be able to scroll back and see like every single number and I was like man you're right so then that day I like reposted it and said like hey I wrote this yesterday, I posted it yesterday, but I didn't like, I hated the song and I didn't want it on the main feed, but I, I realized now that was a mistake. Um, so that was, uh, that was the closest I ever came to quitting. Um, and not that I was even considering quitting at that point, but it was like, I was starting to veer off a little bit. Just having the least amount of fun by that point. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, totally. So like later on, there were, there were darker days um like uh like depression is something that i talk a lot about in the songs that i've written and also um some like narrative elements that i've made that i like play on these tracks when i play the record live but um even though yeah like in the in the 200s the 100s and the 200s especially there were there were very dark patches but um I never, I never considered quitting. That's great. That, yeah. yeah, I guess maybe you learn that that uh, endurability from from marathon running, perhaps, or you you were just so dedicated to this idea of raising your your songwriting ability to the next level. Um, well, I don't, I don't know if you're a Jordan Peterson fan, but one of the things that he talks about is that um, creating a bigger dragon to like scare you into doing the right thing so it's like after day 100 yeah the um the pain of failing or the pain of quitting Uh, was so much was so much greater than the pain of continuing to write oh so you're just kind of conditioning yourself differently yeah in a sense um i'm not going to say that it was 
easy to continue, but I I, I never considered quitting. Like that. Was, You're like the other the other option. option isn't an option. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, speaking as somebody who writes songs, and I certainly don't do it at anywhere near the pace that you did. You know, if if I had a uh, if I have a sixty percent success rate, that's mm. that feels pretty good for me. So oh, yeah. even if you have, I mean, you're gonna have some clunkers if you take that many shots totally. at it. So I, I hope you didn't. Totally. Um, you know, you weren't too hard on yourself for that, or mm. do you, you're able to kind of hear it with that understanding as you go through all your your past work. Or well, it's funny, man. Like now, listening back to it, like I really like about 80 or 90% of the songs. That's pretty darn good, um, yeah. Yeah, and it's not that I would want to put 80 or 90% of them on records. Mm. You know, I don't I don't like right. them that much, but just like uh I can hear that all of them were like an honest shot and I think that there's something there's at least one beautiful thing that I can find in all of them. But there's maybe like 10 or 20 percent of them that like if i never heard them again i would be, <laughs> That'd fine. be cool yeah. <laughs> wow and i mean even if you don't obviously you don't release everything um i mean again speaking as somebody who who composes and stuff yeah a song that doesn't quite make it i can always recycle ideas from that or bring them out in different ways the next time around so you, you have this whole treasure uh, trove of of ideas to work with in the future so that's got to be pretty valuable. Yeah, it's really expanded. Yeah, like a lot of, I mean, not to get like too nerdy, but just like um, the way that the personality that chords have, like yeah. to, to speak very specifically, like the way um, the way you treat like a major two chord and like how you can like the kinds of melodies that you can sing over that and resolve out of that chord. Like it's like um, musical shapes, like exactly with the building blocks. Yeah. So yeah, you got a whole sandbox of that now. Totally. As someone who's been so fastidious with it. Um, Mm -hmm. So you were in the, uh, the old home studio a lot. Do you, uh, Mm -hmm. Are you performing a lot as well, or what are your other uh, kind of musical activities that keep you busy? I don't play out super often. I had a release show at the Bootleg in Los Angeles for the album release, and then I'm playing Los Angeles again in April, and um, I'm kind of going for this like a strategic a- approach of playing, mm. you know, once every couple months and having each show be like bigger and better than the one previously. Make it count, yeah. Exactly. Um, but uh, I play in some other projects as well. Like um, there's this girl, Lauren Lakis. We just played at the spot called The Hi-Hat last night, um, which is another mm. incredible rock venue in L.A. And she has some um, South by Southwest showcases that we're going to go out and play. And she's shopping around uh her, her new record that she's about to release. Um, and then, like, I studied jazz guitar in college, so occasionally, like, friends will hit me up for jazz casuals and different sorts of things. And then to support myself, uh, I teach music lessons. So um, Okay, cool. That's, that's, you know, fairly musical. Still ends up being a lot more interesting than, than other things one could do. Totally. 
Wow. And how, how long have you been kind of, uh, you know, active in your, in your local scene? I, are you, you native to the area or you, you kind of came from, also you're from Southern California originally. Totally. Yeah. I grew up in Simi Valley, which is where I met Mark. And then I went to school in Northridge, which is still technically Los Angeles, but kind of like the Northern outskirts. And I was studying jazz in college. So I was getting really involved in the jazz scene in Los Angeles, which compared to like the rock scene or the pop scene or the country scene is, you know, a lot smaller and kind of, um, people are more niche. Yeah. People are very kind and, and warm and, um, so I was going, you know, I was meeting a lot of incredible musicians. And then once I graduated college, I was uh, an assistant to this film composer who lived on the east side of Los Angeles. So I moved to his neighborhood to be close to him and continue working for him. And uh, it was living there that I like made the mental transition from wanting to play jazz guitar to, you know, leading my indie rock band. Um, so since then, it's I've really been focusing on song based music. And I'd say it's been about four years of that. Now, is your for you personally, your ultimate kind of goal you want to seek out to accomplish is uh, your own singer-songwriter persona at this point, you know, m making use of kind of all the groundwork you've laid out so far. Exactly, yeah. My so my Been able to find your voice. Yeah, my dream would be to, you know, release at least one full-length record every other year on a major label for the rest of my life and just tour my music. But I also really love... Um, playing lead guitar in other groups and producing recordings for my friends and um, and I I do enjoy teaching um, so those those are all fun things but. yeah that's you have a very kind of varied eclectic background yeah. so that will probably serve yeah. you well um, so having finished this 360 <laughs> 365 days of music uh -huh. project, well, I, I imagine you're probably not going to want to attempt it again, or are you considering that sometime it's, in the future? It, it's very interesting because um, I'm interested in, in things like it, like um, like challenges where I could seclude and, and focus on something and kind of come back from, like, the woods and let everybody know what I found. Um but challenging your willpower. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But I would, it, it would definitely have to be a situation where like I got a grant to do it or something like that. Like, uh, I've, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to do the same thing that I've already done again. Um, because having done it, I've found that, um, it was just, it, it was a lot of energy in a specific direction and now mm. that the project is over, I'm really thankful that I have all of this time and energy to put into, you know, building like the brand of Eric Davis and working on recordings that I'm excited about and I'm hoping that people would listen to over and over again rather than just, you know, creating a song every day that might get listened to a handful of times. Right. The the idea of being able to invest a lot more in one mm -hmm. song totally <laughs> at a time and, and bring it out in it. That must have that idea must have gotten very appealing to you after a while. Yes. Yes. Hundred percent. What were some of the biggest uh takeaways or kind of lessons you learned by the end of it, either creatively or 
you know, on any kind of totally. level. Um, the, uh, the 30 or 40 days thing that we talked about was really significant, um, for me just to like understand that that is, that is like a truism of my personality. And now like when I start to feel down, you know, I can just tell myself that like, Hey, in, in 20 or 30 days, this is going to turn around and I can like, I can mm. be sure of that. And then the whole, um, how we talked about how the quality of my work has little to no correlation with how I'm feeling. Um, that's a very, very powerful lesson. And that's something that I was hoping was going to be true when I set out on it because yeah. I, so you were kind of suspecting that to be, yeah. Mean. Cause I think that, um, I think that a lot of songwriters are very like mystic about, their songwriting and that they only want to work on their songs when they feel inspired to do so. Um, that's shooting yourself. Yeah. In the foot and right I, don't, there. I don't think that's the best way to go about it. There's this book that I really love, um, called the war of art by this guy, Stephen Pressfield. And he, I love yeah, that book. So yeah. good. The resistance. Oh, Incredible. So, uh, he tells the story in the book about this author and the author is giving a Q and a, and someone in the audience asked the author, um, like, do you write every day or do you only write when you're inspired? And the author responds, I make very certain to only write when I'm inspired. Luckily for me, inspiration strikes every morning at 9 a.m. And like for me, like that was, you know, even that was a, a inspiration for the for the three, six, five project. Um, <clears throat> I'd say other lessons that I learned, my, my voice, just like the quality of my singing voice is in a completely different place from when I started. Oh, you got to practice with it so yeah, much. So, yeah. um, like I found for myself, like at the very least five or six days every, every week I need, I need to be singing and keeping up on with that. Cause even after I've stopped, there was once where like I didn't sing for two days and I started like on the third day trying to sing again it like it mm. wasn't where it, it wasn't where i left it <laughs> it's like a muscle exactly, yeah exactly um so that's really important i've just um i've figured out like a lot of uh a lot of what's the noun that i want to use uh, not cheats but like things yeah, strategies. strategies in my songwriting that I will lean on a little too heavily. Like I do this thing. Your yeah, tropes. Exactly. Like uh, that. That's another thing I was going to ask. Is you know, if I tried to do what you did, I know my own tropes mm. a little bit, and it's like, how would I not just repeat the same mm. thing every day? Like I'd have to think about it so much to get I out of you. that. So yeah, how did you battle with that? Um. Well, the way I. I just I just put down a sort of mysticism, but um, when it comes to creating, uh, well, how do I differentiate the two? I am pretty mystic about the literal process of creating. I think that it's great to sit down and do it every day, but once you're there doing it, um, my experience is that I kind of have this like spiritual like initial idea like that like you know we all get that like that 
you channel mm-hmm. something else and you don't know where it's coming yeah. from. Yeah. And what I find is that um, if I listen, and maybe this is getting a little too hippy dippy, but if I listen to that, I mean, we're talking <laughs> about music, so it's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, if I really listen to that initial spark of an idea, um, the next choice will reveal itself. And sometimes it reveals itself in a couple seconds, and sometimes it takes a couple minutes. Um, but for, and, and I think that is my experience of what a lot of people talk about how, like, creating is like a discovery like as if it already existed and they're they're the ones discovering it um so it hasn't been so much like me trying to get away from my tropes as much as it's been like focusing on that pure process of creation right and and honing in on an idea that you admire or really feel like that's going to lead to something and then following up on that without getting in your own totally. way. Totally. Maybe. Yeah. Um, the director, David mm-hmm. Lynch, is a uh, terrific person for, for talking about mm-hmm. this sort of thing. I don't know if you're familiar with his, uh, you know, Catching big the fish. Big Fish. Yeah, I read that book. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll spare you my David Lynch impression, <laughs> but uh, reaction and action. And, that's funny, man. You know, it comes from somewhere you don't know and you just have to... See, see where it takes totally. you. Like, yeah, because when you're when things are really popping, and I mentioned this isn't just for music, but anytime you're trying to create yeah. something, and without it feeling forced or artificial, it's like when you're really humming, it's like something else is going on, and you you barely are kind of registering what's happening. You're you're not making like all these conscious decisions. Totally, you're just uh, letting some some unknown kind of mystery. That's totally where the mystique mm-hmm. comes in. Is is you don't know why. Or how, but you're just you're letting it mm-hmm. come out and executing yeah. it. Um, and you were finding that ha- happening for you, regardless of your emotional state coming into the. the wow. Yeah. So, so like so. I said, literally, sometimes it would take twenty minutes for like the for one idea to like turn into the next obvious step that it should go in. Um, but it mm-hmm. never, there was never a day that I sat down and there was, there was no inspiration. And, um, wow. so it's always yeah, there. So my, and this is my personal opinion and this is my personal experience and it's fine. I don't, I don't think everyone needs to agree with this, but, um, I think that writer's block is a muscle that you develop over time. And the more that you, yeah, the more that you practice not writing, the better that you get at not being able to write. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, I I'm not gonna disagree. Sure, yeah. I I'm always kind of like, you have writer's block. Okay, write something bad. Sure. Yeah. You know, just write anything. Write totally. something bad, and the fact that you're doing it. And you're pushing yourself. Hey, you know what? You're probably going to get something yes. good along yes. the way. And then just to, yes. it's like just keep going. What what do you, you know? Even if it's the worst thing in the world, what, what do you yes. have to lose? It's infinitely better than not doing. It's anything. actually imperative that 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 we suck. 
we need to suck for a long time before we can get good at anything. So, and then even after yeah. then, you're gonna have a lot of days where totally. it's still not. But it's you know you can be your your own yes. editor and you know come up with the gold. Yes. So yeah, totally. Yeah, awesome. Man. So when is you when is your uh, release? The show? release show was on January fifth. Yeah. Okay. Totally. So that that was recently, and then you're having another one in totally. April. You said. Yeah. Yeah. So are you um, eventually aspiring to kind of? Forget, did you mention you're you're leaving the Los Angeles area to kind of tour around elsewhere as well? Well, I'm or? going out with um, with another project. I'm playing guitar with um, Lauren Lakus, and we're going out to Austin for South by Southwest. Oh, yeah, yeah for South by and Southwest. And we have some other yeah. dates around there. Um, I don't have any tours planned specifically for myself. I'm, I'm working on, uh, like, my next... Uh, major release and i'm going to try and go mm. about that as professionally as possible with this 365 record it was a it was a very personal endeavor that i just made very quickly and threw up on the internet very mm. quickly and um i don't have any regrets about it because it's a it, it's a record that i love but um yeah in the future it's its own unique entity totally Totally. Yeah. yeah. In, in the future, um, I plan to go about it in in a little bit more strategic way. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Well, I'm I'm glad you're not tired of of songwriting yet. I guess this must just feel like only that, the beginning. Um, that actually is another really interesting thing is that I never I never once got tired of songwriting. Um, it, sometimes I felt neutral about it, but I never I it always felt exciting to be a part of. Um, the thing that I've got very exhausted of was being on Instagram every day and having to having to <laughs> post every day. That was extremely exhausting. That's the chore. Yeah. 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 I hear yeah. you there. Um, well, that being said, where should people uh, <laughs> look to find you if they want to... So what's your Instagram, my Instagram handle? My Instagram handle is my name, Eric Bruce Davis. So that's E-R-I-C-B-R-U-C-E-D-A-V-I-S. And you can find um, my record, 365, on Spotify and Bandcamp and mm. every other platform. All those, yeah. So you got it up on the World exactly, Wide Web. Yeah. Awesome. And you're working on the new album. Totally, Very yeah. cool, Eric. Uh, I look forward to keeping tabs oh, on absolutely. you. Thanks for, for coming on the podcast. So fun. This is like this has been such a pleasure. All right, I'm back. And that was Eric Davis. I had a very uh, enlightening and pleasant time talking to him. I was, I was really glad we were able to get in touch. I don't think I could have, have done what he did. And I'm glad he did it. And I, I think it's very likely turned him into just an even more amazing songwriter. And uh, on that note, I'll just play you his uh, song Cowboy Chords. That's one of the songs on the album 365. I'm going to have very big news for all you listeners in a couple weeks, but I can't quite get into that yet. But I just wanted to kind of mention it here now to sort of tease you a little bit. Anyway. I will, uh, I'll see you again soon. Have a good day. Some cowboy.
cowboy chords, a Christian phrase. Careful never to introduce myself by my real name. My brand new shoes, but my Bible's worn. Let's pretend we know what Jesus meant by the rich and poor. With hands raised to nothing, I've never felt so pure, and I've never looked so obscure. the world to teach the Africans it's heaven sent to play the cowboy chords we laughed and sang and they fed me well and they parodied my western greed like a show and tell acting like neighbors I've never felt so pure And I've never looked so obscure Thank、you